in God's holy word uh, to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 34. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. And we'll begin reading in verse 1. Hear now the word of the living God. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David, his father. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a boy, he began to seek the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherim and the carved and metal images, and they chopped down the altars of the Baals in his presence. And he cut down the incense altars that stood above them, and he broke in pieces the Asherim, and the carved and the metal images, and he made dust of them, and scattered it over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed Judah, and Jerusalem, and in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, and as far as Naphtali, in their ruins all around, he broke down the altars and beat the Asherim and the images into powder, and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. Then he returned to Jerusalem. Now, in the eighteenth year of his reign, when he had cleansed the land. And the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Maaseiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. They came to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought into the house of God, which the Levites, the keepers of the threshold, had co collected from Manasseh and Ephraim and from all the remnant of Israel and from all Judah and Benjamin and from the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they gave it to the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord, and the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord gave it for repairing and restoring the house. They gave it to the carpenters and the builders to buy quarried stone and timber for binders and beams for the buildings that the kings of Judah had let go to run. And the men did the work faithfully. Over them were set Jahath and Obadiah the Levites of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam of the sons of the Kohathites to have oversight. The Levites, all who were skillful with instruments of music, were over the burden bearers and directed all who did work in every kind of service. And some of the Levites were scribes and officials and gatekeepers. While they were bringing out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. Then Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan brought the book to the king and further reported to the king, all that was committed to your servants they are doing, 
They have emptied out the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have given it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. And then Shaphan the secretary told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it before the king. And when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahiakim the son of Shaphan, Abdon the son of Micah, Shaphan the secretary, and Asiah, the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those whom the king had sent went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokhath, son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter and spoke to her to that effect. And she said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, tell the man who sent you to me, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book that was read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you have humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes, and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. And they brought back word to the king. Then the king sent, and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites, all the people both great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. Then he made all, those, all who were present in Jerusalem and in Benjamin join in it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers, and Josiah took away all the abominations from all the territory that belonged to the people 
of Israel and made all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God all his days. They did not turn away from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. And let's bow before the Lord. I'm going to ask Elder Eric Schrader, please, to lead us in prayer. Well, God does amazing things. Uh, Josiah's dad, King Ammon, a very wicked king, uh, a king that uh, led uh, God's people astray, um, even in the face of the judgment that God poured upon his dad, King Manasseh. Uh, Manasseh, at the end of his life, uh, turns from his wicked ways. Uh, he humbles himself before the living God. Uh, he cries for mercy. Uh, and the Lord was moved uh, by his entreaty. Um, he entreated the favor of the Lord, and the Lord um, saw that he humbled himself greatly. And the Lord was moved, we read there in the chapter before in verse 13, by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem, uh, into his kingdom. Um, an almost unheard of thing for a king who had captured another king uh, to uh, turn him loose and, and put him back, even as a vassal king. Very unusual. Well, uh, Ammon sees all of this, and what does he do? Um, he uh, disregards the truth. He disregards the gospel. And when Manasseh died, uh, Ammon shows uh, himself uh, as wicked as Manasseh had been uh, leading up to uh, uh, the king of Assyria capturing him and uh, taking him away with hooks. King Ammon is murdered. Um, those that uh, murdered him are brought to justice, and his son Josiah is eight years old. The ripe old age of eight. Can you imagine this young man becomes king of Judah at eight years old? And so that's where we pick up our account. Uh, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. 
And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a lad, he began to seek the God of David his father. And so here we have now the account of God's grace upon this young king. Young King Josiah, he's eight years old when he begins to reign, and when he is in the eighth year of his reign, 16 years old, not a full-grown man, but not a boy anymore, he is still a lad. Uh, At the age of 16, he is converted. He begins to seek Uh, the God of David, his father. Uh, He uh, hungers to be right with the living God and trusts in the Christ, gives himself to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob from the heart. The great I am that Abraham saw from a distance, uh, King Josiah embraces also. And then, if you'll notice in the next phrase of verse 3, and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places. And so he's 20 years old now when he begins to take action. For four years um, he was learning of the ways of the Lord. Uh, We do not know at what point um, he um, is instructed uh, from uh, the book of the law, um, what portion of Scripture they had up until that point. There is speculation that it was all five books uh, of Moses uh, that had been lost, uh, or perhaps it was portions of the Pentateuch, uh, that it was perhaps uh, just the book of Deuteronomy that had been lost. Uh, We do not know uh, from this text of Scripture. What we do know is is that uh, there was the truth of the gospel that was still there, even though uh, at least a a chunk of 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 God's word uh, was no longer um, accessible. It it had been forgotten in the temple of the Lord. One of the duties of the Levites was to teach the word of God. And because of the rebellion that had taken place over and over, uh, the Levites had obviously forgotten Uh, their task and the portion of scripture that uh, we're going to read about over in uh, verse 14 uh, is discovered again but even before it is discovered uh, the truth uh, of the gospel uh, is still present Uh, all through the ages God has a people uh, who he is redeeming Uh, that he loves. 
Uh, Josiah lived his great-grandfather, King Hezekiah, uh, a very godly king, um, had been followed by a very, very wicked king, King Manasseh, um, King Josiah's grandfather. Uh, He did not know him. Um, He died uh, before uh, his... um, um, ability to to know uh, this one. Uh, his dad, King Ammon, uh, a wicked man, but the grace of God was at work. God had raised up prophets to proclaim the gospel. Elijah, Elisha, the school of the prophets. Uh, the Lord was yet at work, even in dark times. And so it is in our day. Uh, We must never lose sight of the fact that even though darkness is very real and powerful, yet the Lord is at work saving his people, setting the stage uh, to show his power and his glory. And here now at the end of the history of the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom had already been destroyed. Um, Sennacherib had destroyed the uh, northern kingdom. Uh, The southern kingdom will soon fall. But at the close of this, God grants one last glorious revival before the darkness falls upon the land. Before the people plunge over the cliff of rebellion and decline into a time of great sorrow and weeping, 70 years of exile from the land. Before that darkness comes, God's grace is poured out on this young king. And Josiah, just as a young man, seeks the face of Almighty God. At 16, he is converted. Now we see in the book of Samuel that Samuel was converted uh, as a young lad. Uh, Regardless of how young or old you are, Jesus is calling you and me this night to give ourselves to him, to love him, to trust in him, to follow him. And uh, as we come to know and trust in the Lord Jesus, uh, not only uh, are we justified, but we are called to grow up in Christ. And so for these four years, uh, uh, Josiah learns the ways of the Lord. Uh, He doesn't just step forward and begin exercising his of power as as king. No, he he learns the way of the Lord. And in the twelfth year of his reign, he begins to purge not only Judah and Jerusalem, but it goes out and spreads even through all of Israel itself, even though it had fallen and was in great disrepair and overrun. Josiah was a great breath of fresh air, a great encouragement. Now, if you'll turn with me 
um, over in the book of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, we see that one of the prophets uh, that God raised up at the beginning of Josiah's uh, revival, he begins his ministry. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. And so that gives you a little glimpse. Jeremiah's ministry as a prophet of God begins in the thirteenth year of the reign of of Josiah. And what was it that Josiah and the people heard as this revival, as this reformation is beginning in the twelfth year of the reign of Josiah? He had begun to purge the land of all of these wicked idols that Ammon had set up again. And so we read in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4, now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Well, this was the man that God raised up to be such an encouragement to King Josiah as he had begun to take his stand for the Lord. God calls upon us to be those who look to the Lord uh, for our strength, not only our salvation, but our strength to live for him. Indeed, you can be sure there was much opposition to King Josiah, maybe not openly, but behind the scenes there was much grumbling and discouraging words and attempts to uh, uh, hide uh, these uh, uh, pagan beliefs and practices. 
uh, with the wicked desire that he would soon be gone and they could return uh, to their paganism. Uh, But God raised up Jeremiah and others uh, to proclaim the word of the Lord, the gospel of the Christ, uh, to encourage Josiah and to see at least a huge number of people turned and converted and the land at least outwardly cleansed from wickedness. Josiah is a man who is bearing the fruit of a lively faith. And so in the 12th year, this revival began. In the 13th year of his reign, Jeremiah's ministry begins. His public proclamation of these messages calling God's people to repent and look to the Christ. And we come now in verse 8 of of 2 Chronicles 34. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had cleansed the land and the house, he sent Shaphan the son of Azaliah and Maaseiah the governor of the city and Joah the son of Joahaz the recorder to repair the house of the Lord his God. Uh, Here's the picture that the temple, the house of God, uh, had been neglected and it was in disrepair. And so in the 18th year of his reign, six years after this revival and reformation had begun, uh, you can be sure at the encouragement uh, of the prophet Jeremiah and other of the prophets The word of the Lord has gone forth, calling the people now to gather there at the house of God to worship Almighty God, to offer sacrifices according to uh, the word of God. And as this uh, restoration is taking place, we read down in verse 14, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. We don't know the details of how much dust was on it, uh, where it was located, uh, but you can imagine the surprise uh, of this priest. Uh, Here's a a portion of scripture. Perhaps it was all five books uh, of the Pentateuch. At the very least, uh, we have reason and we'll see why. At the very least, it was, we think, the book of Deuteronomy. It was a portion of Scripture that had been forgotten and neglected. And when that is found, uh, the men who were in charge look at it and they are struck. Uh, Oh, we need to show this to the king. And so, in verse 19, And when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, Abdom, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Aziah, the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found, for great is the wrath 
of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord. Particularly in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Leviticus, uh, we see God giving uh, his uh, law uh, summarized in the Ten Commandments. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Lord spelled out, uh, here is uh, what will happen. If you love me, uh, if you cling to the Christ, I will bless you. I will bless you in your hearts. I will bless you in your homes. I will bless you in your economy. I will bless your uh, a nation with health. I will bless you with protection uh, militarily. I will bless you coming and going. I will bless you until you have so many blessings you are amazed. But, Beginning in verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Lord said, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all these commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. Instead of there being comprehensive blessing, uh, coming and going in every facet of life, God says, my judgments will be upon you. It is fascinating in the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, a parallel account of this. God adds the particular um, detail. Um, It's not opposed to it at all, but it's just an additional detail as he goes through spelling out these judgments that would come upon the people, uh, he mentions that if the people, after God's chastening began upon them, if after all these things they still did not repent and turn the Lord, then God said, I will add seven times more. And then he lists more of these chastenings. And we have this recurring theme. Uh, For example, uh, look into uh, Leviticus chapter 26. Uh, Down in in verse 21, he's just recorded some of the chastenings. Look at verse 21. Then, if you walk contrary to me and will not listen to me, I will continue striking you sevenfold for your sins. And... I will let loose the wild beast against you, which shall bereave you of your children and destroy your livestock and make you few in number so that your road shall be deserted. And if by this discipline you are not turned to me, but walk contrary to me, then I also will walk contrary to you and I myself will strike you sevenfold for your sins. 
Here we have the additional details in Leviticus 26 of these judgments. And so we do not know from the book of 2 Chronicles whether it was Genesis through Deuteronomy or whether it was just a, a, a portion of the Old Testament Pentateuch. But what we do know is it was a portion that at least contained these warnings of Almighty God holding forth the encouragement for the people to love the Christ, to worship only God, and love Him and serve Him, evidencing their love for Him by keeping the commandments and the ways of the Lord, but also giving and spelling out the details of God's displeasure, of His anger that would burn and come against His own people, culminating even in the destruction of the temple itself and Jerusalem as a city and the warning that God would raise up a foreign nation to come and capture the people and scatter them to the ends of the earth. That is the spine-tingling culmination that God recorded for his people in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus chapter 26. And you remember now, in chapter 7, uh, this glorious uh, prayer uh, that is answered by Almighty God in His grace to King Solomon in chapter 7. Turn back with me in chapter 7 in verse 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. But the if is connected to the verses before. The Lord appeared in verse 12 to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. And what was Solomon's prayer? It was example after example of Solomon asking God, if your people sin against you and come to this house, and repent and look to you and offer sacrifices here, would you not hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal and forgive and restore? And God answers and says, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain. And you can read in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, that was one of the specific judgments that God said he would pour out. Or command the locusts to devour the land. Another one. Or send pestilence among my people. Another one. Those are just examples if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. 
And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man to rule Israel. But if you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you and this house that I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And at this house which was exalted, Everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? And then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought all this disaster on them. And so as Josiah is read this portion of Scripture, what does he do? He tears his clothes and he bows before the Lord, crying for mercy. Now we'll stop there uh, uh, tonight. Uh, he sends word uh, of uh, a message from God. And God graciously uh, uh, encourages King Josiah. What do we need to do uh, in light of these truths. Well, turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 3. Galatians, chapter 3. And here we see God calling us to be those who take to heart the truth of the gospel. Uh, that we uh, are fallen in Adam and we are in danger of God's judgment left to ourselves. And we need a Savior. And as Josiah turned to the Lord, uh, that we would turn to the Lord. Uh, we see in Galatians chapter 3, um, these people had heard the gospel, uh, but they had begun to turn aside and trust in their own works. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. 
For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Why did Josiah tear his clothes when he read the book of the law? It was because he saw fresh his need of a Savior. He saw his sin. He turned from it. He saw the sin of the people. Indeed, we need a Savior. And the only Savior is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the just shall live by faith. Here we have the series of Old Testament quotes. The Lord showing that it was God's revealed will all along, even in the Old Testament times, that God's people would be made right with God only by faith in Messiah. Verse 12, But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. And so that's the take-home message. What do we need to learn from this revival that broke out in Josiah's day? It is simply this. Uh, we need to rediscover the Word of God in our own hearts, in our own lives. We live in a culture that much like the children of Judah and Israel in that day uh, had forgotten the Word of God. Uh, we pray that God would press His Word afresh upon our own hearts that we would see the beauty of Jesus even anew this night and delight in Him and love Him and rejoice that He has taken our curse upon Himself as He died upon the tree. Josiah leads God's people uh, in an even greater revival as we're going to see in detail next week week. Uh, he calls the people to renew the covenant with their God. He does so as he hears the word of God brought to bear upon his own life. He tears his robe even though he is a king and humbles himself and cries to God for mercy. Oh, may the Lord grant that to us, to all in our families, all in our church family, all in this community, all in this state, all throughout this nation and the other nations of the earth, or we will perish under the judgment of a holy, holy, holy God. Praise God, there is a Savior. There is a Redeemer. His name is Jesus. Amen. Father, we 
beg that you would write upon our hearts uh, the joy and the hope of belonging to you, O Lamb of God, of having our sins paid for, of having the guilt of our sins satisfied by justice that took place there uh, on the, the hill of the skull outside of Jerusalem. When you, O Lamb of God, laid down your life, becoming uh, our substitute, taking the curse that our sin uh, deserves upon yourself so that we might be forgiven and go free. Oh Lord, what joy uh, Josiah experienced as they wept and humbled themselves before you. So it is with us. Oh Lord, as we repent of our sins and weep before you, broken over our sin, and turn to you, Lord Jesus. You turn our weeping into joy. And so, Lord, we praise you and love you and ask that you would bless us uh, as we prepare our hearts to come to your table tonight. Oh, Lord, uh, impress upon us that our sin deserves your judgment. Uh, but you did not give that to us. You have given that to your Son. And that we would with joy give ourselves anew to you this night. Confessing our trust in you, Lord Jesus, with that simple childlike faith. Uh, to reach out empty hands laying hold to receive and rest upon you alone, Lord Jesus, for our righteousness. And then, Lord, you would bless us uh, to follow after you. O oh, Lord, that we would be hungry to learn of you and your ways. And you would keep our hearts tender toward you, like Josiah's heart. Uh, that even as a child of God, there were times uh, as, as he now is brought to a new and a deeper um, understanding of your glory. Do that for us, Lord, over and over and more and more uh, to grow in our love for you, in our understanding of your word, and to put it into practice in our own hearts, in our homes, uh, in our church family, in the workplace, as we play, uh, as we stand for you uh, in uh, the realm of civil government. Oh, oh, Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Pour forth your spirit and bring about a great revival and a new reformation, even in our day. Oh, Lord, we make our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.